that scarcely 40 hours later, I would be sprinting desperately for a train across a snow-covered railway siding. But on the first day of the new year, I was at peace, and I was at home, with a full stomach, a tipsy head, and, most pleasant of all, warm feet. No fewer than three bottles of wine stood on the sideboard, in various stages of depletion, Holmes had just taken a connoisseur's sip of the last to appear in our glasses, a dusty port twice as old as I. He sighed in satisfaction and stretched his slippers out to the fire. It is good to find that the French vineyards are recovering from the war, he noted, although of the three wines only the champagne had gone into its bottle since 1918. I agreed, rather absently, I will admit. As I took a swallow of the glorious liquid, it occurred to me that some part of the back of my mind was braced for a ring of the telephone or a furious pounding on the door. The visceral mistrust of leisure was perhaps understandable. Twice in the past six months, the outside world had crashed in on us. Indeed, we had been similarly seated before the fire one evening a scant two months earlier, when an investigation literally fell into our arms, in the form of an old friend with a bloodied head. It was not yet midnight, and I had no faith in our stout oaken door to keep out surprises of the kind Holmes tended to attract. However, pleasantly enough, no pounding fist came to trouble our companionship, or later, our slumber, and we rose early the next morning, fortified ourselves with one of Mrs. Hudson's hearty breakfasts, this one even more elaborate than usual, to make up for her being cheated of preparing the dinner for this, my 24th birthday, and bundled into our warmest clothes for the sleep-drenched trip to London. We rode the train in silence, taken up with our thoughts and with the newspapers, both as cheerless as the landscape outside the windows, foot-and-mouth disease, the rising Seine, and doomsayers with apocalyptic predictions on both sides of the Atlantic, set off by the recent Labour victory. Grimmer yet was the real reason for our visit to the great city. We had no end of business there, of course, from a long-delayed appointment with the bank manager to calling on a noble family in order to follow up on our most recently concluded investigation. But in truth, we were there to see Holmes' brother Mycroft, whose health was giving, as the euphemism goes, cause for concern. He was home from hospital already, although the doctors had strongly advised against it, and embarked on his own programme of therapy. I personally wouldn't have thought a near-starvation diet of meat and red wine, combined with long hours of vigorous calisthenics, would be the best thing for a shaky heart. But not even Holmes' arguments made much of an inroad on Mycroft's determination. We had maintained a closer contact with him than usual over the past week and a half, none of us voicing the thought that each visit could well be our last. We hurried through the day's business, I listening with half an ear to the urgent recitation of calamity that trembled over the head of my American possessions, thinking only that, affection for my father or not, the time had come to rid myself of his once cherished properties across the sea. I kept glancing at my wristwatch, 
until finally, with a sigh, my solicitor threw up metaphorical hands, gave me the papers that required my signature, and allowed me to escape. When we arrived at my cross door, however, I had to admit that his self-prescribed fitness regime did not seem to be doing him any harm. He was up and around, and if he opened the door in his slippers and dressing gown, he moved without hesitation and had colour in his face. There was also nearly a stone less of him than there had been on Christmas Day, which made his jowls flaccid and his eyes more hooded than usual. Many happy returns of the day, Mary, he said, and to Holmes, I believe you'll find a corkscrew on the tray if you be so kind. After toasts came the inevitable discussion of the impending disaster that the new Labour government was certain to bring in. Predictions were rife that the institution of marriage was sure to...